You've heard us talk about DraftKings, the leader in daily fantasy sports, and how payday can come every day by entering their contests with huge cash prizes up for grabs. Making a lineup on DraftKings adds excitement to every night and is simple to do. Draft your lineup and feel the sweat like never before. You feeling the sweat, Taylor? I don't have air conditioning, so. Oh, you are definitely feeling the sweat then. Well, every moment means more with a DraftKings lineup on the line. DraftKings has paid out over $7 billion to users across all sports. I would really love $7 billion. Even just like 700, but like 7 billion, that's a lot of goddamn money. DraftKings is the leader in daily fantasy sports, so there is no better place to get in on all the action. Now that you know how to play, download the DraftKings app and sign up using promo code THPN. New users will get a free entry with their first deposit. That's code THPN to get a free entry with your first deposit, only at DraftKings. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Straight Up Sabres, presented by the Hockey Podcast Network and Buffalo Fanatics. As always, I'm Brendan. And I'm Ziggy. And it is the expansion draft episode, Ziggy. Woof, woof. (laughs) So, Taylor, if that is your real name. Today, well, as we are recording this, the actual expansion draft is happening. Throughout the day on Wednesday, however, the roster for the Seattle Kraken was leaked pretty much single-handedly by Frank Cervelli. But, in spite of that, you, Taylor, have not really seen too much of the roster. So, this episode today is going to be more of a live reveal for you and then us giving our reaction to, well, you hearing it live for the first time. Yeah, the plan was... Since I was going to be at a movie for the first hour of the expansion draft, that Brennan would be revealing the whole thing for me. But it turned out that it just leaked, like Brennan said, all day. And I, I saw a glimpse uh, of the expansion draft show just now, so I know a few of them. But I don't have, I haven't looked, I purposely didn't look at a full roster and get a, a feel for it yet. So just so we could do that live on air. I don't want to have any thoughts that I've, uh, you know given actual thought to like any opinions that I you know have any merit or that I've thought long about I just really want to go off the cuff here that's the attitude we like to see that's what we really strive for on this show is that authentic just reaction and deeply just rooted passion yeah do you you feel that right now I feel really passionate I can tell I see it in your face (laughs) I'm really excited for this (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm excited to talk about a team that has existed uh, for less than a day, and I'm already pretty sure is going to have a better record than us <laughs> next year. Yeah, sad but true. Sad but true. Uh, all right. Well, starting off the Anaheim Ducks, we will go in alphabetical order by team. They selected from the Anaheim Ducks Hayden Flurry, defenseman. Flurry had come over from the Carolina Hurricanes, a former first round pick. Uh, was held behind the the Hurricanes blue line depth that they've had for for many years, and uh, he was taken. So, any thoughts on that? I can't believe he's exposed. I know he's they, pretty good. They were the worst team in the West. Who are they? Who are they protecting? Probably Manson and Lindholm, and maybe they have to protect Fowler due to a no trade. I think. What was that? Was that their protection list? Well, man, I, I'm sure it is, but man, I don't know. I know. That's, he's tough to lose. He's He is 
definitely a tough one to lose. I mean, he's young and promising, and for a team that, like you said, was the worst team in the Western Conference. I, I mean, they <laughs> can you believe that they protected Nick Delorier as like a quick side yeah, so, note? So I'm looking at this right now. Why didn't they just go four and four? Probably would have made more sense to do that rather than Nick Delorier. All right. Well, fine. Yeah, well, no, I mean, it wouldn't have made sense, though, because they did. They would have had to, like, between Troy Terry, Sam Steele, Silverberg, Raquel, Lundstrom, I mean, those guys are all worth protecting. So, that's tough, though. Tough scene. You hate to see it. Yeah. Yikes. Well, sorry, Anaheim. We wouldn't know anything about losing a promising young defenseman due to roster mismanagement. But, anyways, let's keep moving on, shall we? Yep. Arizona. Tyler Pit- uh, Pitlick. That's a funny name. Any thought? It's yeah, a good name. It is. Yeah, uh, no, no thoughts on that, really. No thoughts, that, really. That feels like uh, not so different from losing Carrier a couple years ago. It's not someone I'm sure matters a whole bunch. But. Yeah, I, I think I saw a good amount of people were, were pretty surprised that Kristen Fisher wasn't taken by them, uh, oh, by yeah. Seattle. I mean, you know, not bad. Christian Fisher, now the time has come. Mm-hmm. They didn't take Anti Ranta, but I think he might be. I mean, either way, they took UFA goalies, but like Anti Ranta is another name at least. But uh, yeah, all right. Well, then let's keep rolling on here. The Boston Bruins, Jeremy Lausen. I don't know who that is. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> good. I have no idea who that is. <laughs> all right. I'm sure he's probably pretty good because the Bruins drafted him, and they drafted incredibly well mm-hmm. outside of 2015. Yeah, I mean, there are some names here. I mean, Andre Case. I know he kind of has maybe fallen off a little bit from when what they had initially hoped for when they had traded for him. I mean, yeah, really. Is, is Kevin Miller a free agent? Didn't he just announce he was retiring? Oh, that's, never mind that. <laughs> he might, I, I could be yeah. wrong. I totally could be wrong. I don't know. That kind of weirdly looks like slim pickings for a team that finished as well as the Bruins did. Yeah. Year. But, like, they have a lot of uh, free agents. Like, Crazy, uh, Rask, and Halak are all free agents. Right. So. Right. Well, let's talk about the Buffalo Sabres, and Will Borgen was taken by Seattle, unsurprisingly. I mean, he made the most sense. He was the most valuable player who was probably made available, um, unless there's a, a really big Zembis since fan out there. Um, right. It made sense for it to be Borgen. It sucks, for sure, because, you know, I understand people have been saying, and, and I agree with it to an extent, that the, you know, whatever we end up getting for Ristolainen will essentially like determine whether or not it was worth losing Borgen. And as we write and now know from the most recent reports, which I believe was Pierre Lebrun, he had said that the asking price for Rasmus Ristolainen is a first-round pick and a prospect, and there are two teams who were confirmed, Winnipeg and Montreal, who are interested in him. So on the one hand, I get it. Like If you can get a first for Ristolainen, then yes, obviously it's worth protecting him. However, I will also say, though, that this Ristolainen trade should have been made each offseason for probably the past five offseasons. So you shouldn't have even come into this in the first place. Like Your return for Ristolainen now probably wouldn't have be- isn't going to be as good as maybe what it would have been if you would have done it a couple of years ago when people were initially starting to talk about that and really wanted that to happen. Yeah, this is a good example of how you can compound failure. Their inability to either move on from Risto or not just just trade him in general at any point in the past few years or these weeks leading up or this past season when they knew that they weren't going to have him long term anyway. Like when it got to the point where it wasn't even just a trade you you make to get a good return or addition by subtraction. It's like you might as well get something because you're not going to have him and you're not going to be good for this little time. 
So I, I think that's a problem, and this is the kind of price you pay for that short-sighted nature of uh, how decisions can be made there. So now you don't now you don't have Borgen, and that's annoying. I know it's it's weird to think of a defenseman who's played 15 or 20 games in the NHL as being as important as he is, especially a guy who's not really that young. He's like 24. But it's like they don't really draft that many guys after the first round who make the NHL. Mm-hmm. Point blank, period. There was a great piece today in The Athletic with uh, John Vogel and Dom Lucasian, I think his name is, kind of worked together on it. And it was like, wow, yeah, they back-to-back years in 13 and 14. They had three second-rounders both those years. And they're huge flops. Some of these guys, like, I think Connor Hurley didn't even make the AHL. Some of these guys just barely played at all. And I think that's – it's it, yeah, emblematic, obviously, of their failure in the draft. But so get someone like Borgen in the fourth round, have him go to college – he actually signs after a good college career, plays in the AHL, gets better, comes to the NHL, looks pretty good, looks like an NHL-ready guy, unfortunately gets hurt for most of last year because it was a shortened season. And then it's like, oh, gone for nothing because you couldn't handle Ristolainen properly at, at some point in the past few years, and you had to protect Dalene and Yoki Haru. That's, yeah. that's, that's very the, well put. Very, very well put. It's, uh, it's unfortunate. These little things, they add up. You're not winning or losing next year because of Borgen, but you make 100 decisions like that and you will. Well said. Well said. Moving on now, we'll come back to the Sabres after we get through all the teams. Uh, Calgary, Mark Giordano, the captain. Yeah, that's that's one of the most interesting ones. There's a lot of guys in this list that were eye-opening, as we talked about last episode, and there's guys like Carey Price that we're pretty sure weren't going to be taken, or or guys like Shea Weber. But Giordano is... He's... The best Calgary Flame of the post Ginla era, pretty easily. He's a Norris winner, only a couple years ago, and obviously he's getting older. Very, but he was the late bloomer as it was. He was, for sure, yeah. I mean, and it's it's kind of sad, because he's, he's been one of the best defensemen in the league and definitely one of the most underrated for pretty much a decade. And he didn't win anything in Calgary. It's not really that much unlike Eichel in Buffalo. Like, he won one playoff series, and it was a year where they got really lucky— to even make the playoffs, and then beat a Vancouver team that was not particularly good because of the dumb divisional format. Other than that, they didn't win anything. They one year were uh, the one seed in the West a couple years ago in 2019. I don't think people remember that, and they lost in five games in the first round of the Avalanche. So it's kind of an unspectacular career or unspectacular time for the Flames when he was on them. But he was fantastic, and I remember kind of a. Like, early analytics era was like, wow, this guy has gotten incredibly good. And then I think everyone else kind of caught up to how incredible he was. And it's kind of rare, like you said, like a guy that got better in his 30s. You don't see that pretty much ever anymore in hockey. And he's like 37 now, which is old. Mm-hmm. It, it can it can really go fast. We've seen that happen. But it's kind of sad for Flames fans to see him go without winning anything. And But I would be excited if I were a Kraken fan. That seems like a day one captain Easy type thing. He also might get flipped, though, too. There, I had read something earlier that the Rangers might be interested in trying to make a trade for him, potentially. But I agree with you that keeping him around would seem to be worthwhile, considering, not to give too much of a spoiler, but uh, there's some other surprising picks of uh, some veteran players that were passed over. Yes. So moving off of Calgary, one of the real surprises for me, and I think for a lot of people, was Carolina. Uh, Seattle ended up selecting forward Morgan Geeky. And Another had great a great name, yeah. And had a couple of pretty surprising passes. Uh, Seattle did, at least. Last episode, I had talked about Nino Niederreiter as just a potential option at forward who could be a good top six option for them. 
given, you know, whatever they were trying to do with cap space. I know Ron Francis had made a point of talking about the value of having a lot of cap space. So, you know, I get it. But more surprising than that, they didn't take Jake Bean, who was the best defenseman in the AHL by far last year. Similar to Hayden Fleury, first-round draft pick that has been kept behind the logjam of depth that the Hurricanes have on defense. And was ready to seemingly step into the league and be a solid offensive defenseman in a top-four role. And it, it just seemed like such a slam dunk to me to take a guy like that. And I understand that, you know, again, low-key spoiler, but th- th- there's a lot of defensemen who were taken, obviously. Um, oh, buddy, I didn't watch the last episode. I don't want any low-key spoilers. Oh, nice, yeah. yeah. Uh, but, you know, there was a lot of defensemen, obviously, to choose from throughout all of the all the teams. But, I mean, Jake Bean, to me, was maybe one of the biggest surprises, I think, of the day. Yeah, I... I would assume kind of the same thing. He's classic kind of guy you would take an expansion draft. Carolina can't protect all these guys, so they. Yeah, that's weird. I don't know. Like to, to, Sabres fans were pretty pissed that we lost Will Borgen. Like losing Jake Bean would have been significantly worse in my. And opinion. I should we should say something here that kind of clears this up. Uh, some teams before the expansion draft have the opportunity to make side deals. Uh, say like, hey, we'll give you a, this round pick or this amount of money, whatever, if you don't take Guy X. The Sabres did this last time to protect Allmark. They said, hey, don't take Allmark and we'll give you a six-round pick. And the more valuable it is, obviously, the, the better pick. There were no side deals today. Not that I, yeah, not that I saw. I mean, No, it's been reported there haven't oh, been any well, and no then, side deals at all. That's that's crazy. We'll we about, talk about that in a minute. But So there's any of these guys when you're wondering, like, why did this guy get taken? It's like, there's there's no reason. There's no like, oh, well, actually, they're going to get a second round pick out of it, so maybe it's worth it. Right. This is just that's just a weird pick. Yeah, strange, definitely strange. Moving on to Chicago, not really a whole lot to choose from here for uh, from the Blackhawks, but yeah, John Quenville was the was the selection. Do you have any thoughts on this? Uh, Notable passes were Nikita Zadorov, Calvin DeHaan. Um, I mean, you re- there's not really a whole lot else there. Are they have Brandon Peary? Is he in the NHL or is that someone? No, that's him. Like, man, all right. Anyway, okay, cool. Moving yeah, on. Let's, yeah, let's move on. Yeah. I don't have any thoughts on John Quenville. Pretty good pickup here. Uh, Colorado. Jonas Donskoy was taken by Seattle. Yeah, that was pretty much going to be between him and our old friend JT Comfer. Mm-hmm. Who were both available because Colorado had too many guys to protect. Brandon Saad was also available too. I think they but, might have made the right move a couple years ago. Yeah. Easy Brandon Saad, for sure, but he's not the same guy he was in Chicago. I'm surprised they didn't take Devin Dubnik, you know? Oh, Goalie of the future. The Dubes. <laughs> um, and also worth noting, too, with Colorado specifically, impending UFA, Gabriel Landeskog still, I think, has been linked potentially to Seattle as a possibility. So should be interesting to see if Colorado cannot keep their captain. I've seen Seattle and then also St. Louis as I've seen thrown around as well. Has there ever been a team that should be less concerned about losing someone because of the captain thing? I don't think anyone like I don't think anyone has a better like replacement waiting. Yeah, that's probably fair. Yeah, yeah. Nathan McKinnon should definitely be the captain of a team. Um Maybe the Sabres. He should be the captain of the Sabres. What are we doing? Make a call, Kevin. Okay, moving on to Columbus. Gavin Beruther was taken. I have a lot of thoughts on this guy. Oh, yeah? Lots? Yeah. Here's no a, Max Domi. Yes, that's, that's, this is another or one. Or Cliff Pooh. Okay, I'm not surprised by that. But, yeah, why no Domi? Domi's a real NHL. Like, 
You should have real NHL players when you're starting this team. Just like a couple of them. Wouldn't be a bad idea. And Vegas did that. I know Vegas got lucky with how stupid Florida was and how short-sighted uh, Anaheim and Minnesota were and how lucky they got with Columbus and taking mm-hmm. Wild Bill. But, man, I don't know. I don't know anything about this guy in Columbus. And they Columbus, leaving Max Domi open was uh, – is he makes a decent amount of money and he probably doesn't love that productivity. But mm-hmm. I guess – how scared of that are you really? Like are you going to be really bumping up against the cap? Mm-hmm. And honestly – if you really are concerned about having the cap space to be able to take on bad contracts you could get picks, why weren't you taking on picks with side deals today? That doesn't seem to add up to me. Doesn't make a lot of sense. So, so, Jason Botterill's influence. I know. I'm <laughs> saying Olmec has been very influential in this, it seems, so far. <laughs> Olmec. Oh, God. All right, moving on to Dallas. Nice pickup on defense here. Uh, Jamie Alexiak was, was taken by Seattle from the Dallas Stars. That's good. He was... Uh, He's a or that's someone like kind of guy I'm talking about. He's a real NHL player, mm-hmm. kind of guy they couldn't protect because they have to keep Heiskin in and uh, Klingberg and I'm sure someone else who I'm blanking on right now. But mm-hmm. that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Esselindel was uh, their third defenseman that they held on to. Oh, that's smart. Yeah. All right, and then Detroit, Dennis Cholowski. What do you think about about Dennis? Who do they who do they have the opportunity to take in Detroit? Um, Evgeny Svechnikov. There's no way um, Valtteri Fulbla actually plays in the NHL. No man, he's still there. Disagree. <laughs> yeah, Nemestikov, really, huh? Oh, yeah. he's still floating. Troy Stretcher. That's a surprising one. They have a lot of bad contracts, Detroit. I'm looking at this right now. Bobby yeah. Ryan. That's well, a bad contract. That's what they're kind of doing is taking on. Ba- I mean, Bobby Ryan. Well, he no, he's they signed him on a one year deal. So oh, okay. No, no, no. That's two, yeah. yeah. He was formerly a bad contract, but isn't a uh, wait? Scroll down real quick. I think there was someone else I was looking at. Daniel DeKaiser's on a pretty rough deal. Mark Saul getting paid more than one American dollar. That's a bad deal. <laughs> <laughs> they still have Bernier. Bernier. Bernier was pretty good though. I'm not. Gonna he lie. actually was good. This he year. wasn't that he, bad. He was like historically bad in uh, 2018, 19, right? or 20. That is weirdly has been okay for a really bad Red Wings team. Yeah. Nice pickup here, too. Uh, Adam Larson signs a $4 million deal with Seattle. I believe it was a 4 by 4 and is taken from the Edmonton Oilers. Edmonton, what are, you, what are you doing, baby? I don't know about all everything you've done, including signing Mike Smith to a multi-year deal today. <laughs> 39-year-old Mike Smith. Because who did they just get uh, on defense? Duncan Keith. That, no, besides Duncan Keith. Is there someone else? Um, I could be forgetting that. but No, I don't you, think so. You're moving on from Larson. Uh, I mean, they have Tyson Berry. But they're, he's a UFA. Right. Yeah, Larson's, like, solid. He was never worth yeah. Taylor Hall, but, like, poof. Yikes. Yeah, I mean, they protected Zach Cassian, so. That's, oh, man. That's, that's a thing. Guys. All right. Ken, um, is McDavid going to ask out by the end of next year? I would think so, potentially. There's a real possibility of it. Yeah. Listen, let's keep Jack for another year. Trade him for McDavid at the de- or at uh, the tra- at the draft next year, one for one deal. Who says no? We gotta throw in Gergensen's. <laughs> okay, that's fair. make it fair. That's fair. They love that toughness. He's a he's a hustling kind of guy. Maybe we can give them the UFA rights to Cody Egan too. Oh, that seems fair. It's valuable. All right, Florida gave Seattle their starting goalie and Chris Dreiger, who had signed, uh, I believe, a 3 by 3.5 deal. Yeah. Um, it's a risk. Dreiger hasn't played a lot, but... He hasn't, but he was pretty solid this year. He's young enough, so... it's I think it's a risk worth taking. For sure, for um, sure. But, yeah, that's... Florida didn't really need him. 
I mean, they did, but there's nothing they can do because they have a goalie signed for a I mean, billion dollars. They have Spencer Knight. And they have Spencer yeah. Knight. But they're about to have the league's most expensive backup, aren't they? Mm-hmm. They certainly are. Los Angeles, Curtis McDermott. Uh, LA. Curtis with a K. Curtis with a K. That is correct. Yeah. Actually, quickly here. Was there anybody else worth mentioning that they could have taken from... Uh... Florida? From Florida at all? Uh, I don't nah, think... Nah, not over Dreiger, I don't think, yeah. really. Well, Scott Wilson, though. How about that? <laughs> Thank God. Radko Gudis? Yeah, yeah. No, Florida, that's one of their best picks, so, I mean, it's it's not really about who's left on Florida. With the Kings, though, hmm, looking at their list, another team that's not super deep, and, like, Athanasiu, is, he's been an Adelik Starling in the past... I don't see much else here. Olimata. Olimata. He's not he's not as old as you would think. Well, I mean, he, they might have taken Quick, but they had other goalies that they wanted to take. And yeah. Quick's expensive and not very good, so. True. Moving on now, Minnesota. The pick here was Carson Soucy. Um, Probably the biggest surprise is that they didn't take Capo Kakinen. And I have to wonder. The good Capo Kakinen. Yeah, right. Well, close enough. <laughs> I wonder... Not that, well, there was no side deals, actually, so this probably wouldn't matter with regard to today. But Minnesota has been linked to uh, to Buffalo for the Eichel deal, with Eichel. Um, there's some interest there. The pieces reported, I mean, the Sabres are going to want a couple of young pieces, and we've heard uh, Marco Rossi and Matthew Boldy, but the Sabres also are going to have a hole at goalie. So maybe Capo Kakinen is, since he was not taken by Seattle, somebody to potentially think about for this next weekend with a potential Jack Eichel trade happening at some point. Hmm. Hmm. Very interesting. You heard it here first, folks. All right, let's keep rolling through so we can get through this here. Montreal Canadiens, Kale Fleury. They needed to have multiple Fleuries on the team. Yeah, they, they the saw how, how well that went in Vegas having a Fleury, and they said, we'll have two Fleuries. Ooh. So, Skipped him over, or uh, took him over Jonathan Druin. Uh, I mean, UFAs, they have Philip Denoa's on there, but he's probably just going to go to the market. I, it could have been interesting, though, because, I mean, if Denoa isn't going to stick around and Seattle had the opportunity to try and sign him and can get him for whatever, I mean, that's a very, very, very valuable second-line center. Yeah, I agree, but if, if you don't have any faith you're going to be able to get him, that's yeah. a problem. And, and no they, Carey they, Price. Yes, they did the smart thing, not taking Carey Price, who I think the talk about him is starting to get ridiculous, and I think it's a real prisoner of the moment thing. He was basically a 900 goalie this year before the playoffs, and by the end of the playoffs, he started to look like that guy again, like mm-hmm. the, by the end of the Stanley Cup. He, like, he finished with a 924 in the playoffs, which is good overall, but kind of uh, underlines how not well he did in the Cup this year. And, guys, five years, $52.5 million. Yeah. Oh, to a 34-year-old. No, thank you. No, thank you. It would have been fun in, like, the excitement of it, I guess, the hype. But yeah. also, yeah, those five years are going to be a very long and expensive five years. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, Nashville Predators. Cal, yeah, how, how was it again? Yarn Crook. Yarn Crook, yes. We wanted to look up the proper pronunciation. Isn't, of course, the I the person on the pronunciation Yarn said Cali. I don't know if that's correct. I never heard him called Cali. Doesn't matter. Well, he was taken. Taken from Nashville rather than uh, the likes of Matt Duchesne and Ryan Johansson. Who are under terrible contracts, though. Yeah, yeah. I mean, good players for sure, but not good contracts. Very, very, very much overpaid. Is Colton Sizzis a UFA? Because that's someone I would have been interested in. 
Uh, I I don't know actually. No, they signed him to like a longer term deal, didn't they? Oh, uh, maybe that's some of the bad contract I had. Could uh, be. No Pekka Rene either. Is Pekka Rene retired? He so retired. it would have been pretty crazy to take him. That would have been nuts. Uh, New Jersey Devils. Nathan Bastian was taken. Young bottom six forward. Uh, Devils really didn't have a whole lot. I mean, Andreas Johansson is somebody at least. Nicholas Merkley. Will the Butcher. Will Butcher, yeah. Ryan Murray, for, former second overall pick. Mm-hmm. Subban was available, huh? Yeah. That would have been an interesting guy to take from the perspective of him being what, the face of the franchise. Yeah. But, when he got, but apparently they're not interested in that. They didn't. Aside from Giordano, they didn't take anyone remotely interesting nope. in that regard. Not at all. Not at all. Well, Jordan Eberle was taken, though, from the New York Islanders. Him and his $5.5 million cap hit. Cap hit, if I could talk. Uh, taking over Josh Bailey. Maybe he's really the only one that's kind of surprising. I think this was a pretty smart pick. I mean, Everly was probably the best of the bunch. Yeah. A lot of these guys I'm seeing, I think, are free agents. So, mm. uh, Rangers. Colin Blackwell. Uh, yeah, and I don't know. Any thoughts, Taylor? Julian Gauthier. Look at it. Uh, Barclay Goudreau's huge-ass contract. Was left exposed? Horrible. Who? Goodrill? Yeah. I mean, why would Seattle take oh, on that wait. contract? Or is it that he's technically a UFA until after the draft and then the contract's agreed to? Yeah, I think so. Oh, okay. Yeah. So he would have reverted to a UFA and he just would have signed with New York anyway. Yeah. That makes sense. So Goodrill, uh, that contract is ridiculous. Do not give that kind of length to a fourth liner. <laughs> the AAV is yep. fine, I guess. But, man. Six years. Crazy. Six years, yeah. Absolutely nuts. You know, we learned nothing from Justin Abdelkader? Nope. They never do. They never do. All right, from Ottawa, goaltender, the third goalie, seemingly, Joey Decord. Not really familiar with him, admittedly, but do you have any thoughts on that? No, looking at their available list, again, they're not a good team, so they don't really have good guys available. Yeah. So, I guess, take a goalie that no one's ever heard of. There you go. That's the spirit. Uh, here's another example of passing over a bigger name guy. Uh, the Philadelphia Flyers uh, had Carson Twarinski, uh, excuse me, Carson Twarinski taken. The big name on there uh, that I would have at least expected maybe for them to consider to have a you know name recognition, James Van Riemsdyk was skipped over. And I know he doesn't have the best contract, but he had a pretty decent year last year. And yeah, again, former top three pick. He's not ancient. No. Like, he was taken second in the Pat Kane draft, so he's, like, what, like, 32? I think that they realistically could... I, I mean, I get the... I, I understand them going for youth and everything, but, I mean, they skipped over some pretty good players that could have helped them be competitive this year in a pretty weak Pacific division. Yeah, I want to get to that when we're done with well, this, all right. my thoughts on this. Because the more I look at this list and the more that's revealed... Uh, <laughs> kind of less impressed I am. Yeah. Uh, let's well, keep from the Pittsburgh Penguins, this is a very unimpressive one. Brandon Tanev was selected. That's... Can you believe that? No. And he's not even the good Tanev. Mm-mm. Jason Zucker was uh, left exposed. I mean, Zach Aston Reese. I would have just mean. taken Evgeny Melkin. Was he exposed? Yeah, uh, he could have been, potentially, yeah. <laughs> uh, Marcus Peterson, too, is another one that was maybe surprising that uh, they wouldn't have gone for. But yeah, no, pretty... Pretty crazy stuff. Uh, moving on now to San Jose. Alexander True. He was taken. I don't really think that there was too much available there from the Sharks. That is a bad contract city there. So they left Marlowe, but I think Marlowe's a UFA, isn't he? Mm-hmm. Uh, I assume he'll be back next year, though. 
They'll have Martin Jones. He is maybe the worst goalie in hockey and is owed a decent amount of money. I'm surprised. They probably have a lot of no moves on these terrible contracts. I would assume so, yeah. Yep, I would assume so. I This was this was one I was really surprised about. Um, St. Louis, they took Vince Dunn over Vladimir Tarasenko. And again, I, I know I made my point before about the cap, but that right there to me is a move where it's like, you can take one. That's your flurry move right there. Yeah. Where you get a guy who is a legitimate star. You have some star power on the team. You're going to be able to like that. That's a guy right off the bat that you could just sell their jerseys and they'll sell out like crazy. You know, like to an extent, you have to I think take marketing into in mind here. And it's not like we're saying you're, you're getting like you know the the ghost of some old like washed up star player. Like Tarasenko is still going to be pretty good. Yeah. I was really surprised. I mean, no, nothing against Vince Dunn because he's great, young defenseman. But my God, I was I was very surprised. I, I really was hoping that they were going to take Tarasenko. I, I'm surprised. It's just when it comes down to it, they didn't really take anyone with a big contract outside of Giordano, right? Yeah. At least that we've seen so far. Yep. What do we got next here? Yanni Gord. All right, that's a good pick. That is a good pick. That's um, an easy pick, though. Tampa's. Just bloated to excess. You could have gone Kalorn or Andre Palat, but going Gord, I think, was definitely the move there. He's, He's the, the youngest of, the of those three, right? Yeah, yeah. he is. Kalorn was great this postseason, but, you know, uh, a guy like Gord's age, a fantastic, fantastic guy. Yeah. I think Tampa's interesting next year because I think they're going to be losing quite a bit of that depth. Yes, they are. They might need. So Victor Hedman was hurt, I think, at the end of the playoffs. Is maybe he just has to get a surgery in uh, late September, early October. <laughs> Mosey on back around April. Let them keep one guy. Because like, mm. they're going to lose... Well, after they trade for Ristolainen. Yes. <laughs> to fill the void. True. No, no that, I, I yeah, that makes... They did trade for Bogosian, so... See, you never know. I mean, and they didn't they have Dan Girardi the one year? They did. They so did. They've traded He's for ours now. Time. Yeah. You can't have him back. Nope. Nope. Another really good young forward pickup here from Toronto, Jared McCann. It seemed like that move that had been made last week with Toronto and Pittsburgh where McCann goes to Toronto was solely so that they could expose him. That is hilarious. And, yeah, so they gave up assets so that they could this expose him. This is one of their best it. picks. I mean, McCann is really good. McCann could have been a really nice piece for them. But, uh, yeah, that was just kind of how their their protected list, unfortunately, had to fall. Um, let's Let's take a look, actually, at that. I mean, yeah, you have Marner, Matthews, Nylander, Tavares. Oh, they went four and four. Wow. They just had Justin to... Justin <laughs> Hole. They had to keep him. They had to keep Brody, Hull, and Muzzin? All right. Crazy. I bet Brody and Muzzin are probably due to no moves. They could have reunited Brody and Giordano if uh, they that would Brody have exposed. See, what a... Unbelievable. Uh, Vancouver Canucks, taken from them. Cole Lind. Justin Bailey passed over. Your thoughts? <laughs> His mom used to like everyone's tweets on Twitter when they said nice things about him. Yeah, that's... Well, Does Vancouver really have that much interesting depth, though? No, not really. I mean, Jake Vernon, but he's in legal trouble right now. Yikes. Oh, yeah, that's probably something you want to do. They have Rousseau, but Rousseau's on a bad contract, if I remember correctly. Either that or he's done. Jay, Jay Beagle... Mm-hmm. His best mm-hmm. years are behind him. Louis Erickson, another... Oh, my God, Sven another bad contract. Marteschi? Come on, man. Yeah. Braden Holby. Um, we're almost there, folks. Vegas was exempt, of course, with them being a new expansion team themselves. Yeah, people are seeming upset about that. This was part of the deal when they got to the league. They knew there was going to be another expansion yeah. team, and they made an agreement that they uh, would be exempt, and 
that was in the agreement where they paid every team. I don't remember the exact amount of money, but they paid like five hundred million to get into the league. Yeah. So every every team got a good cut of that. I don't know what the math is off the top of my head, but that's like a good, a really good cut for every team, like fifteen million or so. Yeah. Or it might have been more than it might have been six hundred million. Whatever it was, these teams are getting tens of millions of dollars each, and all they have to do is have Vegas be exempt for one draft. It's fine. What, it's, it's just going to change the rules on them and go in against an agreement because Vegas got good. Yep. How's that fair to Vegas? If Vegas sucked right now, no one would say anything about it. Right. This is another thing like the the quote-unquote salary cap violations by the Lightning that people are just uh, making a big deal out of nothing. I agree. I mean, it is what it is. The rules are the rules, you know? Yeah. that's You can't be really mad about it. But uh, moving on, though, to Washington. And Seattle gets their 1B and a really good young goalie who showed a lot of promise this year, Vitek Vanacek. He shut out the Sabres 11 times this season. Yep. <laughs> um he was an interesting guy. We've talked about this before. He wasn't supposed to play this year. He was supposed to be Lundqvist as a starter and Samsonov as the young backup. Mm-hmm. But Vanacek had to step up because Lundqvist couldn't play all year. So kind of went 1A, 1B with Samsonov. And Samsonov, he's their guy. So Vanacek kind of has to be exposed. And that's a good pick, too. That's a solid pick. They should have good goaltending next year. I agree. I agree. And finally, the Winnipeg Jets, Mason Appleton. Uh, that's a very hockey name, I think. It is a very hockey name. No, promising younger player. I think he had, like, 25 points this season in, like, 50-some games. So they have a few interesting guys available looking at this list. Marco Dano was a big deal a couple years ago. I don't know yeah, really they panned out. Yeah. Trevor Lewis, two-time Stanley Cup champion. Wow. I can't believe he's still in the league. And there's, like, Matthew Perot, Stastny. I don't know what their contract situations are. Nate Thompson. Semi Niku. Oh, our boy Nathan Boyu, Jordy Ben, Dylan DeMello. I oh, assume yeah. a lot of these guys are just UFAs, but yeah, I don't. I have no idea. Yeah, I have no idea what this, about this pick. I don't. I don't have much of a, a take on Mason Appleton. He's fine. I mean, it's a good like middle six guy, like probably bottom six more likely. But uh, so, what are your thoughts uh, um, overall on Seattle? Do you feel like they're going to be able to compete next year, given how bad the Pacific is, or do you think it's going to take some time? We still have to see. They have some cap space too. Yeah, so, well, I mean, I'll reserve judgment a little bit, but I'll say this. Looking at the Pacific next year, they're replacing Arizona. Now, Arizona's not good as it is, so that, that doesn't really matter. But you're looking at, like, the top of it will be Vegas in all likelihood. Mm-hmm. Sure. So we expect Vegas to be number one. After that, you have L.A. L.A.'s up and coming, but are they ready to compete yet? I don't know. Anaheim, I'm sure, isn't ready to compete yet. Like, 90% sure, unless mm-hmm. Gibson has a big resurgence. San Jose is in a bad way. They're not they're not in good shape right now. Tons of terrible contracts. They're old as hell. They have terrible goaltending. They're paying ten and a half million dollars for one of the worst defensemen in the league. It's brutal. Somehow Evander Kane getting paid seven million dollars a year isn't one of the five worst contracts on that team. Nuts. That's a Yeah. And then you have Ugh. Calgary, who's are they rebuilding? I mean are they gonna trade Goudreau? What are they doing? They get rid of Giordano, they're paying Markstrom, they couldn't make the playoffs in this terrible North Division last year which I will continue to say is terrible. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you have Edmonton, who got swept in the first round by Winnipeg. Winnipeg's in the central, obviously, but you see what I mean with this division. It's it's not good. So Seattle should be able to walk in there and at least be kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. And I don't think they took that approach with this draft, really. They really could have. I mean, they would have been able to fit. Like, if you move some things around, I mean, there's no reason Tarasenko couldn't be there. You could have James Van Riemsdyk. You know, and, and I mean, for what it's worth, too, you know, it remains to be seen if Mappineers is going to be ready to step into the NHL right away. But 
makes it seem like he probably won't because they really didn't do a whole lot to surround a, a young nucleus. I mean, I know they went young with a lot of their picks, but <coughs> you're you're going to have to, I guess, like have more skill guys to like insulate some of the younger players, and they really didn't do that. But again, that remains to be seen, though, because there's still free agency, and if they can make a splash there, then who knows? Maybe we're having a different conversation a week from now. Yeah, sure, maybe. I think I'm also concerned by this report that there are zero side deals. Yeah. Vegas had a ton of side deals. And that added a lot of draft picks, which allowed them to both win their first year and win these first four years they've been in the league, while also having an eye in the future. Like, they got unlucky in the in their first mm-hmm. draft lottery. They got, like, the sixth pick. Seattle got kind of lucky in that regard. They have right. second pick, like you said, they probably have Berniers or Eklund coming. So, or maybe Owen Power, if we... Uh, Who knows? If, if we do the right thing. His mind. So... Vegas, though, added a lot in that way. And they didn't... Like, for example, like, yes, a lot of this was other GMs being dumb, but there's not the dumb GMs went away. Right. You had Dale Talon say, I'll give you March or so if you please take Riley Smith's totally fair contract off my hands. Because <laughs> I don't like the, the computer boy signed it. So, he gets two good players who play on a line together. Play on the first line for a team that was competing for the Stanley Cup that year. You get, like... So, and I, some of that is complete blind luck. Mm-hmm. William Carlson... Columbus seems smart to not protect him. There's no reason to protect a guy like that. And then he's a 40-goal scorer. Right. You, they had no idea. You have other situations where, like, Anaheim shouldn't have protected Cam Fowler over Shea Theodore, and they did. And now you have Shea Theodore, who's gotten Norris votes. But you, in some of these other situations, you had teams paying. Like, someone paid them to take Flurry, and Flurry won the—not someone, the Penguins. <laughs> yeah. Paid them to take Flurry, and Flurry won the Vesna this year. Flurry led them to the Cup their first year. So I think that's just a huge wasted opportunity to not use the side deals unless all of a sudden every GM in the league got smart at the same time and said, no side deals. Mm-hmm. It's Just even take a bunch of fifth and sixth round picks if you have to. That's better than nothing. Right. You're adding something in that way. Uh, and going forward, I, I kind of wonder, I question what this team is. This isn't like the If you had any kind of decent team coming out of an expansion draft for most of NHL history, whether that be the 2001, the early 90s ones, you were doing way better than everyone. We went over how some of those teams were their first years, winning 9, 10, 11 games. No excuse under these rules. These are Mm -hmm. pretty friendly rules to the expansion team. And I'm sure the Kraken's new owner, whose name I actually don't know, might be, is it it Marshawn Lynch? It might be Marshawn Lynch. Uh, Paid a lot of money to get into this league. And maybe we're wrong. Everyone was wrong about Vegas. But when I looked at Vegas' roster, after all that stuff went down and they got Marcheseau and Riley and they got Theodore and couple other interesting guys. I was like, oh, well, I mean, they can compete for the eighth seed. They won't be terrible like most expansion teams. Mm -hmm. And then I was blown away. They were like 20, 25 points better than I thought they'd be. And then everyone thought they'd be. But I I didn't look at that and go like, what is this? You know, this I kind of (laughs) wonder. Like, Mm -hmm. what is this? But again, this has to take shape. You just named off 30 names. They got 30 guys. Yeah. Rosters are 20 guys. They have three goalies, whatever. They're going to have to make trades. They're going to have to send guys down to the AHL. They're going to have to figure out what to do. They're going to have to work their draft picks into this. This year, probably just one of them. Maybe he, maybe Berniers. Maybe he, maybe he's not an AHL player this year. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I, I'm a little confused. So I'm interested to see what they do in free agency and what they do with trades going forward. But you know what I'm more interested in? The NHL draft? You know, what happens on Friday? What do you think is going to happen on Friday, and what do you want to happen on Friday? I want... Me and all my friends to get together and have a big, a big nice dinner and some some beers and uh, I'll have a nice time. And 
also the Sabres to take a forward. I like forwards. I'm not going to apologize for this. Mm-hmm. Because even if Owen Power ends up being really good, I like forwards. Who has more of an impact on the game? Forwards. You know? And Who drives play more? Forwards. Who produces more points? Forwards. What were we when we played hockey back in the day? Forwards. That's right. Except for that one year. So, <laughs> it's... I just, at some point, want another high-scoring Sabres team, even if it comes at the expense of uh, being a good defensive team. They just, it really hasn't been that. We've had glimpses of that, but nothing too serious. I mean, we went through almost our entire, definitely our entire adolescence of the Bills never being good at offense. Even when I was very young and the Bills are good in, like, 99, they were not good at offense. And they, we went to, like, what? Even when they made the playoffs in 2017, they weren't good at offense. Mm-hmm. And now we're here, they're good at offense, finally. A good offensive team to cheer for. Well, the Sabres haven't really been good at offense since when? 20, 2009, maybe? At the latest? Yeah. Like yeah. that, those teams, the two teams that missed the playoffs after Briere and Jury left, those teams were top five, six in scoring still. Those are teams that could still kind of score. Since then, that has not been the case. No, me. it's not. We've been bottom third of the league pretty much every year. I, I've been thinking about this, and I would much rather have... Beneers and Eklund, Beneers or Eklund and Brant Clark than I would Owen Power and Mason McTavish or Dylan Gunther. Like, give me the top forward and then go for the next best defenseman then. And, it, and that's probably Clark. Like, if you're going to move up into the second, or to get another pick too is what I'm saying. Like, right. Because seemingly, like, that's been one of the rumors, like, especially now, like, Reinhardt has been linked to Los Angeles. They have the eighth overall pick. We've heard about Eichel and the third overall pick. I mean, that changes everything because then you get power in one of the forwards. But beyond that, uh, Columbus's name has been thrown around out there. I believe they have the fifth overall pick. So all I'm saying is, like, I would rather have one of the top forwards and the next best defenseman than have the top defenseman and the third best forward. I agree with that. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. I, I mean, well, and, you know, again, Owen Power could end up being fantastic. He could end up being Aaron Ekblad, and that's awesome. But if Matt Beniers ends up being Ryan O'Reilly, that's more Ryan valuable. O'Reilly. That's You yeah. take Ryan O'Reilly. If William Eklund, what did you say the last time? He was a his comparable, like, not even saying, you know, to the degree of greatness, but you had said Henrik Zetterberg. Best case scenario. That's what, Come on. Like, I, I mean, what are we what are we doing? That would here? be an incredible waste not to take him. And they're going to be thin at forward. You, your needs are everywhere now. Mm-hmm. Like you you have needs on defense for sure. But looking at forward, it's it's a, a big yikes, as the kids would say. Big yikes. Without Eichel and Reinhardt, and now obviously without our old friends O'Reilly and Kane, without Taylor Hall, right? <laughs> without without Eric Stahl, actually, that's completely fine. Uh, but, like, without all these guys, it's like, okay, well, how much do you trust that Casey Middlesex got better? How much do you trust that Cousins is going to take a leap this year? You better have a lot of faith in that because I don't know what, what else you're getting at. I think this. something else that's really telling, too, that I had saw the other day, just to kind of put this in perspective, because, like, I even kind of forgot about it or just didn't, you know, have that perspective on it. If they take Owen Power, <laughs> three of their last four first-round draft picks will be defensemen. Really? So Ryan Johnson, Owen Power, and Darlene, Darlene, and then Jack Quinn. Where does Cousins slot in there? He was, uh... 
Or maybe, yeah, maybe it's three of the last Cousins five. Cousins and Ryan Johnson are the same year, right? Yeah, yeah. So three out of the last five. Still, that's yeah. not good. I don't love that. Pardon. Pardon me. Yeah. Yeah, that's still not good, though. That's not. I don't we like that. Are we going to see Ryan Johnson, you think? What's that? Are we ever going to see him here in Buffalo? Yeah, I do. In Buffalo? Next year. Next season. Oh, could you see the, the poll I put out on uh, on Twitter? What's that? Uh, will Jack Quinn be of legal, legal drinking age when he scores his first goal for the Buffalo Sabres? <laughs> no. Wow. I think he ends up getting a taste this year in the NHL. A couple games here or there for like an injury or something like that. Maybe he puts one away. I think he's going to get a taste, but we'll see about the putting one away. Thing. Well, yeah. We'll see. I'm just... That's just my guess. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I'm... I, I should say, too, Owen Power, I think, will end up being good. And I think, ultimately, if they get... As long as they get one of these three guys, they will be fine. But I think it's going to be the kind of situation where... Like... It, it's going to be Reinhardt and Dreisaitl times, like, a million. Because, like... Dreisaitl, there was a small coalition of people who were saying, like, you know, we should probably take this guy when Reinhardt was the conventional wisdom pick. I love Sam Reinhardt. He's probably my favorite saber, and I'm going to be really sad when they trade him. Um, and while I was definitely intrigued by Dreisaitl, and because of the fact that there was a lot of smart people who seemed to be all about it, and that kind of piqued my interest in it, um, I-, I still wanted them to take Reinhardt. Same. Even though power is the consensus number one right now, I want it to be known. There's a lot of people who do not want them to take him. Yeah. With good reason. That needs to be stated. (laughs) Dozens of us! Uh, That needs to be stated, though. Like, because I don't want this to be the thing where a couple years from now, if Beniers or Eklund is blowing up, we look back and people are like, no, power was the consensus one. Like, he might be the consensus of, like, all of, like, the national drafts and stuff like that, but there's a lot of people around here, and I think just in general, even outside of, you know, Buffalo 2, smart NHL people who think that it should be Eklund or Beniers first. Right. And no, we're not in Buffalo 2, though. What's that? We're not in Buffalo 2 at this time. We're, we're, we're in Buffalo 1 now. This is we're in Buffalo Right. We are back. back in Buffalo 1, yes. So, I, I, I just think that's something that we I want to remember once we you know the draft happens and we get an idea of of these guys and how their careers kind of start to take shape because power could end up being Aaron Eckblad like we said but it's or it could be Ryan Murray or he could be Ryan Murray he very well could I think he I think he's far more likely to be Eckblad but I'd rather run the risk of going with the height like the highest ceiling forward than the highest ceiling defenseman any day of the week yep <sighs> well beyond that also, what's going to be happening potentially around the time of you listening to, to this, depending on when you do listen to the show, uh, the trade freeze is going to be lifted. And crazy to think, but by the time we record our next episode, Rasmus Ristolainen, Jack Eichel, and Sam Reinhart potentially could all not be Sabres anymore. Hey, how about that? Maybe not Colin Miller either. Maybe not Colin Miller. How do you feel? Uh, I'm ready. I'm ready for the let's let's give me the garbage. <laughs> it's interesting though. This is such a fascinating time we're in right now. I mean, the expansion draft wasn't really super key to it, but this is gonna. I think when we look back, this is gonna be one of the most important. This is gonna. This you know, it's gonna be the most important probably the most important stretch uh, for Kevin Adams and for the Sabers. I think this is gonna define how the next five to ten years come. And I think these kind of moments are rare because the. The Jack Eichel era, for better or worse, I'll say, was not defined 
by one thing. Uh, it started with Darcy's failures drafting and otherwise and the end of his regime. It extended into getting tanking for Eichel. It Then that led into some failures in the Murray era, Bottrell era, and Adams era. Just failures all over the place. And there wasn't one real stretch where, like, this was so important. Mm-hmm. I think right now, it's it's a key moment. I think sometimes it's hard to know you're in these moments when you're actually in them. Even in your life. Sometimes you look back in your life and you're like, wow, that was so important when I did this. I, if I had any idea how important it was, I would have been piss pants terrified the wow. entire time. So I hope Kevin Adams isn't aware of how important this is. philosophical. <laughs> yeah. No, I know. But, like, also is kind of aware. Like, I have to win all these. Yeah. But, like... Maybe doesn't weigh on him too much. I don't think he necessarily has to win them, though, too. I I mean, Ristolainen, I think you... In reality, it's a win-win. But if you get more than, like, a second-round pick for him, or, like, a second-round pick even, that's a win in my book, for sure. Eichel, I don't necessarily know if that's a trade that you can win. No, I I just... Reinhardt, I don't know if it is either. I I, I think Reinhardt... I'm really worried about what the return is going to be on that. Yeah. I'm very concerned because I think that he's valued as high as we probably value him here, but it's just a matter of executing that deal. And that's the thing. We just don't know. We had said this, I think, either last episode or a couple episodes ago, but last offseason had Ralph Kruger's hands all over it. It was Adam's first time doing anything remotely close to being in a front office role and he was just given the keys to run the ship so obviously they're not going to just you know with him being hired and not having any kind of background or experience not having any real staff with him they're not going to let him just take it and run with it so Kruger we know that his influence was all over the decisions that they had made last year this is Adam's shot right now like this is it to what to your point like and it's that's the thing is I mean while I hope in a way he doesn't realize it to freak out, but like he does need to realize it because that needs to motivate him. Like this is screw him in his career. This is maybe the most important stretch in the team's history. Yeah. We're in the midst of one of the five worst 10 year stretches in the history of the NHL. I say that stat a lot, but I think it bears repeating as much as possible because of how just horrifically bad it is. Yeah. Like you need to try to be this bad over a 10 year period to do what they've done. And I know that there's a lot of context to that. But at the same time, though, figure your shit out. Yeah. And, and, and for Kevin Adams, it's like, listen, man, this is what you signed up for. And I know that, you know, maybe you are, he's a yes man, whatever. I think I want to try and give him the benefit of the doubt. But, like, at the same time, myself, you, any Sabres fan in the world, we do not owe anybody or anything involving this organization the benefit of the doubt. Yeah, and we don't like they. They have burned us so many times. They don't deserve any trust, any of that. But with that being said, I want to hope that Adams isn't completely clueless. I want to hope that they're allowing Jason Carmanos and Sam Ventura to have a heavy influence in the decision making here and and in the building of this roster for next year. And I, I don't know. It's just it's crazy. It's like the night before Christmas or something like that. Like, we've been waiting for this for how long? Like, I mean, realistically, like, the the Eichel trade stuff, yeah, maybe it started, like, last offseason, but, like, what, April is when things started to, like, really get serious with it? Yeah. I mean, this has been a couple months in the making of every day being, like, is it going to happen? Is it going to happen? When's it going to happen? Like, what's going to happen with the neck? I just want this to be over with. Whatever happens with the draft... Whatever, we'll deal with it. They're going to get a good player regardless. I really hope it's a forward, but whatever. Like, this is just, like, 
at this point, I'm like, put me out of my misery. Like, I, I'm so anxious to see what this is going to be, but at the same time, like, just do the damn thing. It's like, just don't be mediocre. Right. I know I, I, I went a little bit long-winded there and, and kind of weaved around a bit, but it's the truth. I, I, I'm just, like, so rattled by this. This is just so dysfunctional. This is not how being a sports fan should be. <laughs> this yeah. is not at all. Like, this is, you know, like, it's... The off season is fun. Like I, I honestly like a lot of times like the off season as much as I like the, the season going on. You know because it is so interesting this time of year. But man, just get this shit over with so I can stop seeing Rangers fans say that they want to trade Vitaly Kratsov, the ghost of Mike Richter, and a fifth round pick for Jack Eichel. Right. Enough of this shit. Right. So there's every off season Sorry. you have a chance to change your team a little bit. Yeah. Uh, which is how how the Sabres have pretty much kind of did, done it a little bit. But, like, there are errors defined by people. And this there was two distinct Eichel errors. One was the the one with O'Reilly and Kane, and one was the one kind of without them and with Eichel being significantly better player in mm-hmm. those last three years or two and a half, really. But the Sabres will be restocking their team to, like, a ridiculous degree. Or maybe not. Maybe they'll just fail at that. But hopefully restocking their team to a ridiculous degree. So you're looking at what was already the worst team in the league, and if you want to be generous and say it was an unlucky year, they're really a bottom seven team, but maybe not the worst. Mm-hmm. Still in a bad way, and they're still going to lose Eichel, and they're going to lose Reinhardt, and they're going to probably lose Allmark and Jake McCabe. So the, you have to look at all of Big that. holes. Yeah. Big you holes. You have to look at the roster. And now, they're definitely the worst team in the league. If you're just looking at the roster, who's there? You have Cousins, you like Middlestep, guys like Rasmus Asplund, and Tage Thompson... Gergensen's coming back from an injury. Just all these guys. And, and Dali and Yoki Haru are kind of a start on the other end. And maybe Owen Power. Whoever, and whoever they take. Power, probably, will be him. But then everything else is being filled in by what happens in the in the next few days, in the next yeah. few weeks. Not not just free agency. Like, free agency, sure. But you're going to have the Eichel trade, the Reinhardt trade, and Ristolainen trades are unlike other trades in that they're... They are defining what the error is going to be like, including if they 99% sure they take power, but if they take someone else, whoever they take on Friday with that first pick. this That's what this error is going to be. It's all being decided in these next couple months. It's not like last time. It could be like, in the next week. Yeah, it could the all next, be in the next week. The next 10 years of Sabres hockey, real, maybe not 10, the next five years of Sabres hockey could be hanging in the balance over the next seven days. Yeah, and if it's not, if it's not defined by that, I mean, it could be, for better or worse, I think it will be. But if it's like they get so little or what they get in the Eichel and Reinhardt or in Ristolainen trades or even a Miller trade maybe uh, isn't good enough that you even remember it as uh, those guys being an era, that will be its own kind of era. Like, right. I don't know. It could get really dark if you're not getting good returns from guys who are at least a little bit NHL ready. And then also restocking free agency. You need two goalies. You, mm-hmm. need, you still probably need at least another defenseman. You're going to need one to replace McCabe. You're going to need... To fill out and Borgen and Ristolainen and Ristolainen. That's the thing too. I mean, you mentioned all those names before. You didn't mention Ristolainen, and not to say that you know he was a, a prime contributor, but he ate up a lot of minutes, and those minutes are going to need to go somewhere. And the only people on the team right now capable of of carrying that load, Darlene, Yoki Haru, two guys who are both under twenty two years old, and then. Colin Miller might not be here. I mean, Matias Samuelson, 
Ryan Johnson's probably Ryan Johnson's probably not ready yet. Jacob Bryson was also not very good last year. Bryson, I think, I mean, he'll probably be your sixth. Yeah, but who's your if you trade Miller too? Who's your three, four, and five? Yeah, oh. maybe your five is Samuelson. You do that, but like you, there's you have your middle pair. Yeah, there's a lot, and that doesn't even get into the forwards. What's the first line going to be next year? Olafson and and who? Yeah. You don't even know because there's nobody else. Cousins isn't ready to play on the first line yet. He hasn't proven it. I think he will eventually, and I think that this is a really pivotal year for him. But last year he did not show in the way that like Jack did that he could have been ready to to play on the first line and get like prime minutes and really earn them. He was good, but like he didn't put up the points that you need to have in a in a first line center. Yes, so, absolutely. There's a lot to do, a lot, and I just want this to happen just so we can finally know what this return is going to be. I really, really hope by the time we record on Sunday that we know what the, that that at least one of these deals is done. I think so. That's my that's my bold predict- prediction for the for the rest of the weekend. That by the time we record on Sunday, one of those three tra- trades will have happened. I'm going to guess Ristolainen first. That's probably the easiest one to get done. Even yeah. though it hasn't gotten done for many years. Right. Now that they're motivated to get it done, though. Right. It'll help. Oh. Any last thoughts, then, before we wrap up? Uh, I have a, my former ra- random saver of the week, uh, Will Borgen. <laughs> I'm going to go Will Carrier. Ah, nice, Expansion nice. themes. Yeah, just like last episode. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't Is that it? you have any recommendations? The new Vince Staples album. Do you listen to him at all? I have listened to him oh, in the past. His album, I listened to it today for the first time. It came out like a couple weeks ago. Oh, my God. Listen to it. It is so, so good. If you are if you like rap, please listen to it. Highly recommend. I also listened to another like more low-key artist. Not low-key, but like low-key to clarify Taylor uh, Reggie Snow I think I've mentioned him before on here as like one of my recommendations but he, yeah, he's, he's a he's bad like, and create a player yeah yeah Reggie R-E-J-J I-E really? Snow yeah he's from Ireland and he's uh, like a rapper hip hop R&B artist Interesting. he put out a new album recently really 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 good highly recommend both of those two albums nice do you have any recommendations not really okay also well you just saw Roadrunner I really I mean, I enjoyed it. I'm a big Bourdain fan. I uh, I thought it was pretty good. Yeah. I, I'm working through my thoughts on it, because I came here right after that, so I did not really thought too much about it. Um, what else? Did I watch anything recently? Man, I don't know. I mean, I'm, I haven't really watched too much this week. I recommended uh, Fear Street on Sunday's, Monday's episode, so mm-hmm. I don't know. I'll just, you know, that's that's fine. Think I'll about know. it for, for Sunday when we record. I'll have something by then. Cool. All right, well, that sounds great. Well, everybody, thank you all so much for tuning in to this episode of Straight Up Sabres presented by the Hockey Podcast Network and Buffalo Fanatics. Make sure you're checking out the Hockey Podcast Network and Buffalo Fanatics on their respective websites, social media platforms, and wherever you stream podcasts. They are both putting out great content right now as we are approaching both the NHL offseason and the start of the new NFL season. Lots of things are happening, so those are the two just one-stop shops for getting all the coverage that you're looking for. This episode is also brought to you by DraftKings. As we had said at the top of the episode, make sure you're using that promo code THPN at checkout to get great deals on all of your betting desires. Once again, use that promo code THPN. We will be back with a new episode on Monday. Once again, everybody, thank you all so much for tuning in to this episode of Straight Up Sabres. Have a great rest of your weekend.